Hello, and welcome to A Radio Episode 1, my first interview. I'm joined with a purveyor of truth, and for for a hobby, um, not a hobby, I guess, as an activist, but uh, financially a uh, purveyor of clean urine. <laughs> Good what? <laughs> um, so, last time we talked, we, um, we touched on a lot of uh, very uh, out there subjects, and I was wondering, do you think do you think that Canada or even the current political system is in need of a reform at all? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Oh, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. I was gonna say the system that we have now is not a technical democracy. A democracy is supposed to be someone who is hired and paid for by the people to represent the people, and all we have now are groups that come mm-hmm. together and put out their own policies. They almost seem to be working together where one group, let's say the blue group, will go in and they'll set up all these things saying, oh yeah, we're for the people, we're doing this, we're doing this. And then let's say the red group comes in, gets voted in. I use that loosely, voted in. <laughs> yeah. The red team comes in and they'll wipe out everything the blue does and bring in their policies because they figured that's what the people want. But when you ask the people, neither of the policies that either of the parties put in are what the people want. Mm-hmm. Either that or it's integrated in such a way that you have to read legalese in order to understand what they're actually even saying. Yeah, it's like they are purposely keeping that information um, ununderstandable by the common man, like non-layman. Another problem I find with these parties personally is that how is anyone supposed to uh, compete as a common person and how are we supposed to have any representation when these parties only exist because they've been working in uh, groups for years and years like it's literally just a monopoly on government at this point yes. by these few few parties yes like as far as I'm concerned there you shouldn't be required to have a self-worth of of a million dollars in order to even run. Yeah, that's completely ridiculous. Exactly. I mean, I know we have our city councils. They'll say, well, your town councils and stuff. Yeah, but that's not enough. These town councils have nothing to do with what happens in Ottawa. They don't even get listened to. They're they're a drop in a hat. They're an ant in the anthill. And they have nothing to do with what happens in Ottawa. Um, I know we've, we've been lobbying the government for years and years now about all kinds of things. And they'll bring in these laws, we'll sit there and do these rallies and and have convoys that go all the way to Ottawa, and we don't even have anybody that come out and talk to us. You know, Mm -hmm. like, what more does the people have to do to say, we're not happy with what you're doing, we don't like the way that you're running this, yet they continue to do what they're doing and make it worse. Look where we're at right now, today. Yeah. This is horrible. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Especially with, um... What do you think of uh, the potential second wave of COVID coming and the, the second clause of all these laws that they're going to be pushing down on us? Yeah, and I mean, these, these bylaws are all these recommended practices. I know going to um, going to these big sites that I go to sometimes, they have all the equipment there. They have the sanitizer, they have the masks, they have, you're supposed to take your temperature. Um, but 
when I say, no, you're not pointing that thing at my head. If you, <laughs> if you want to take my temperature, you take it from my wrist. That is a more accurate test anyway. And this mm-hmm. is what I'm talking about. They don't tell anybody any of this information. They yeah. want you to point something at your head. So what, you can get used to things being pointed at your head? <laughs> no. And I don't care what they say, lasers and stuff, they don't know. They sit there and say, well, we don't know the science. We have to find out, well, why are we being tested on? So yeah. they're pointing that laser at our heads, taking an infrared temperature at our brains when it takes a better temperature if you take it from your wrist. Mm-hmm. Better for children, better for everybody. Yet they won't do it. Yeah, it's it's really weird how it's just gone from normalization instead of education in any means. Like, yeah. it's just like, okay, this is happening now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, no, there's no rhyme or reason that's told to us. Mm-hmm. And it's just immediate, immediately normalized, like... Like, we're just supposed to accept it. And I just think that's, that's, it almost feels like a sort of conditioning where they're just like, yo, all right, so we can pass bylaws now. Mm-hmm. We can just do whatever we want and run rampant with your laws and just completely meddle in your everyday life. Yeah. Yeah, this is completely shown blatantly with what's happened here. When this virus first got out or got let out, whichever, it doesn't really matter. It's common knowledge that it's a man-made virus. It is not a natural virus. It was made in a lab. So therefore, when it got out, I totally understand and I agree with shutting things down because they didn't know what was going to happen. They had no idea. So Mm -hmm. fine. But after a month, even after, I'll even give them two months. After two months, when those numbers came in, when they seen what was happening, I have no idea why they kept going the way they go because nothing made sense. Mm -hmm. They're even now, seven months in, we are at a four, and this is worldwide, a 4% mortality rate. And that includes undeveloped countries. So this yes. is this is not a terrible and, and virus. And fake, fake deaths. And, and non, fake. Not, even, not even COVID deaths. <laughs> exactly. Just, I mean, <laughs> just even, numbers. Yes, even with inflated numbers. It doesn't even come close to have a reason to do what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a syphilis outbreak now in Alberta. And that's barely, you barely even hear about that compared to... Uh, Yes. COVID. And it's like, that's, you know, that's a little, even, it's more symptomatically worse. Yes. Yes. I mean, I fully, it's the same as everything else. I mean, I fully agree with some of the stuff they do, but they go overboard on some of the other stuff. Do I think you should be wearing a mask or or be a little bit more careful when you're going into an old folks home? Absolutely. 100%. In a hospital? Absolutely. 100%. But walking down the street or driving in my own car, going shopping as I pass somebody in a in, in an alley? I mean, no. You, you're not, you're not going to make, it's like they're making us think that we're walking around diseases. Yeah, yeah. And There's always COVID <laughs> lurking around every corner, right. <laughs> ready to prey on innocent children, right. <laughs> women and children. <laughs> so, so I have a real problem with this. And after I've read the um, the school handbooks that they handed out before they sent the kids back, yeah. I, if I had school aged children, they would not be in school unless they answered my questions the way that I think they should be answered because. There's no way that my child should be taken out of the school because they're sick. Yeah. Without me. I know when my kids were in school, they graduated back in 2011 and 12. We were already starting to have problems back then. And oh. it was the children fighting. And this, the teachers still wouldn't even listen. What, what kind of problems? Well, my son was in basketball and volleyball. And the last uh, year or two of, uh, and he was, he played, he was a very good player. Every year it was between him and two other boys that would uh, get the MVP award every year. 
And on the last year, they took away the MVP because they they thought it wasn't fair. Oh my this, god! This pers- <laughs> you know this ribbon for participation. You know, well, you tried your best, okay. But if you take that away, I mean, I, I get giving somebody you did good, you tried. Here, here's something for trying. Mm-hmm. But there should be some reason to try your best and the reason to try your best is because you get recognition for that mm-hmm. and the kids were the ones that went to the coach and said look the whole <laughs> the whole team went to them and said look we know it's between this boy and this boy it's not even we're not even on the level it's these two <laughs> but we want that mvp award because we want to be able to try to work for it next year the whole team asked for it to be brought back in and it was refused just just straight up refused just straight up refused is that because it was um like a higher level than uh yes local school uh no it's it's just a local it was at our local school yeah but like was it was it like over the whole jurisdiction the whole branch or anything no no it had nothing to do with that it was strictly something that that one school did and each school did do it when you have a team at the end of the season the, the best players were voted as to who got the MVP. I mean, if they want participation stickers or, or something for, you know, somebody to feel good, well, then have a Mr. Congeniality Award or something. <laughs> Do that. I mean, you know, the beauty pageants have it. <laughs> but don't take away... Don't... It, how do I word it? It doesn't give them... It stops their potential. Because all they do is just enough. Yeah. Because why do more? Mm-hmm. You don't get any ec- extra recognition. You you don't. It doesn't make anything better if you try harder. Yeah. It just makes it so other people can try less when you're in the workforce. You yeah. Know? But it starts with sports. If you take that away, if you take away the the drive to do the absolute best you can, then they're gonna stop doing it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, definitely. It, it 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 already gets rid of that extra edge that you want to have to strive, which is mm-hmm. yeah. There's been a lot of that lately growing up for me in the uh, school system that I've seen. That everything has just become uh, like, oh, good job for trying, and there's never really any further motivation mm-hmm. or anything. We didn't even have votes for student presidents anymore when I was in school. They yeah. had to bring it back the next year yeah. after I left because yeah. everyone was just like, I don't know. I don't know if it was because our class is just apathetic or just whatever, but I don't know. I, I thought that was unfortunate. Yes. <laughs> well, when I went back to get my upgrading, I couldn't go to the city, so I had to do it in town. And... Um, I'm a very academic person. I spend hours and hours on my homework. I research a lot of stuff, and I'm a bit of a perfectionist that way. And so when I get my marks back, I mean, the one teacher, she's in my social, she says, uh, she says, well, I gave you 99%. That's your final grade. And she goes, I couldn't give you 100. And I said, well, why not? <laughs> and she goes, well, because nobody can get 100 because there's always room for improvement. I totally get that. Totally. I did not have a mark under 87%, and I took calculus. Mm, I nice. did all of my upgrading, grade 11, 12, and, and I, I did it here in town. When you do that, um, it's supposed to be at the Red Deer College. You're supposed to get on the president's list, and that's for academic excellence and stuff like that. 
you get one every semester. So when my mom went to school way, way back then, um, she had three out of four um, uh, semesters, she got that award. So me, I'm a competitive person, and so I wanted to be beat my mom. I wanted to get four out of four, right? Well, that was impossible for me. I got two. I got two because I wasn't allowed to get the other two. Um, hmm. Because, and I went and talked to the coordinator and I said, why am I not even on the runnings? And she goes, well, because you are a very smart person. You don't need that kind of recognition to do a good job because you already do. So we're trying to keep it fair. So we have these other people that are trying really hard and they've improved a lot. And so we're putting them in for the award instead. And I said, okay, let's be fair about this. The president's list is for an academic excellence. That, that's different from trying really hard, you know? And I said, so can we not split it? Can there not be two people get that award? You know, I said, the person that tried really hard and is improving greatly, fine. But also the person that has always worked really hard and has lost time with her children because she's spending six hours a night doing her homework, which is why she's got academic excellence, should that not be recognized? Mm -hmm. And I was told, well, no, as mentally, I don't, I don't need that recognition to do a good job. So I wasn't accepted for the last two. Hmm. I think they changed that now, though. Because it's uh, there is like a most improved reward last time I was in, and probably because of people like me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's that just makes it seem false. Then I'd feel like if people did get that reward and they're just like they're like, oh, it's just because you worked hard. It's not actually because you're the best. Right. <laughs> like right. it's like it's not like oh there. damn, you kind of <laughs> just did it because you felt sorry. Exactly. <laughs> it's like a pity award. Who wants yeah. a pity award? Yeah. <laughs> Um, back on to the, uh, current crisis instead of, uh, (laughs) um, what do you think, what do you think that young people could be doing to be more active against the, uh, current mandating? It's, it's so messed up that there's this feeling that there's like government mandated fear mongering with this COVID-19 Yes. And uh, what do you think? What do you think young people can do to sort of rise above that mentality? Number one, get all your information from every outlet that you can get it from. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying don't ever watch CBC. Watch them, watch them, and watch Fox, and go on to these independent sites and watch some of them. What's Up Canada is great. The Myth is Canada is a great. Um, platform to get a lot of information that isn't in mainstream media. Mm-hmm. So I get all of my information from everywhere I possibly can and I make notes. I have I have books and books of do, notes. Do you want to make li- uh, make a list right now? Just, just, <laughs> to re- just cite some references? <laughs> I can definitely give you some to go through. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'll give you a list of some of these sites to go on and, and start listening to all these people. And then I collaborate that information because even everything that Fox says, it's not like I listen to Fox and say that's gospel. Yeah. Definitely not. They are so far right, I guess, put that in quotation, yeah. that it's not even funny. They go too far the other way. CBC goes too far you know, in, in the yeah, it's right mandate. Left news exactly. And, yeah. So you have to find the middle because that's where the truth is. And in real life, that's the way it is. You've got your story, you've got my story, and in the middle is the actual truth. 
mm-hmm. because I see things my way, you see things your way, but neither of them are 100% correct, but they all have truth in them, both of us. So people need to start listening to everything that people are saying, use critical thought that is so huge, and that I think is what's missing in most of this is critical thinking mm-hmm. just because you're told something does not make it true well we've been so conditioned just to believe what the big man tells us it's like we've been we've been shown so much that like you are supposed to trust the people in power but i think that's a that's what something my generation has as a benefit is because like we all kind of hate <laughs> the people in power <laughs> like all <laughs> most forms of authority i find yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. all kind of troublemakers but yeah it's um that's that's very important just to find everything from yes all angles because you'll you'll never find like journalism in like the major presses have just become so ill (laughs) You, you you can't find a true you can't listen to one story and get the whole picture anymore. No. You can't get, a, like, an objective, just, this is what's going on, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. It's, this is what goes, this is what happens, this is what's happening according to what the guy putting me on the payroll told me to write. That's right. <laughs> Which yes. is like, damn, man. Yes. And they started talking about that, well, they've always done it, but they've really gone rampant on it the last 20, 30 years. I mean, journalist journalist after journalist has gone to be an independent journalist because they're not allowed to write what they're finding. Because the guy that's going through and and doing the review, they're like, nope, you can't put that on there and black that out and black that out. Yeah. I mean, they did that way in the war and they're doing it again now. Yeah. So it's frustrating when you sit there and you hear all this stuff. And it's not getting told anywhere. They're telling you that it's all fake. And, and oh, you, they're fear-mongering. Yet, we have to listen to everything they say, but they won't let any of the other side out. Or explain it. Like, why isn't it explained that they're testing for coronavirus, not COVID-19, when they do their instant tests? I mean, just be honest about it. Yeah. You haven't got the the actual virus isolated you don't have a test to test for corona for covid19 you have a test for coronavirus fine use it but don't sit there and say that every one of those positive tests are covid19 because they're not you don't know that Mm -hmm. and that's the problem so you've inflated the numbers you've got everybody scared and thinking that they have to follow all this stuff when they when they don't and that that definitely, like, no matter how you look at it, well, okay, I guess there are certain ways you could look at it, but for <laughs> me looking at it, I guess, it definitely seems like there's an agenda there. Like, it is, what's happening is people are being divided, mm-hmm. the government's gaining more power, mm-hmm. local businesses are being destroyed, and, like, well, damaged mm-hmm. severely, mm-hmm. and the trans transnationals are making more money people who have already been who've always held the money keep getting the money and it's just it's creating a weakening for the people that that's just it's just thinly veiled like it's not even because of anything actually like crazy is happening it's just like ah yes it's the frog in the bad bad cold time time to yeah. on your rights. Yeah. yeah. And they just do little by little. And when the people push back, like with the masks here in town and stuff like that, then they, they pull it back a little bit. They're like, okay, okay, they're getting a little rowdy. We better just slow that down a little bit. But then they keep feeding the fear, feeding the fear. You cannot turn on that TV 
and not have a commercial. Every commercial, mm-hmm. every show, yeah. every newscast is all talking about how dangerous this is and we're all going to die. Yeah. You know, and so they're setting it up for that second wave to come through. And they've got enough people scared that I'm afraid that they're just going to let go of all of their freedoms and rights and say, yeah, okay, we'll just listen to whatever you say. Oh, humanity, the great hominid that's freedom (laughs) destroyed by a cold. Right? (laughs) Right? You know, it's, uh, I don't know. They're making an easy situation difficult, and I want to know why. Because none of it makes sense. If it was about your health, they wouldn't have kept Subway and A&W and all that open. Yeah, exactly. Right? And then not have the bathrooms open so that you can wash your hands before you eat. I mean, mm-hmm. that made no sense to me. <laughs> did you know that, um, uh, well, you probably did, but in New York, they just lowered, they, they were criminalizing normal activity, but the criminals, they mm-hmm. could just go out and do crime, and they did that to make people scared to go out at night. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, what are you doing? And Australia, I mean, Australia has, their numbers are about the same as, as us here in Canada. Yeah. And I cannot believe that those people are allowing them. Well, they're trying not to, but there's a ton of people going to jail and getting fines and all this stuff for being out at past nine o'clock at night. Jeez. Well, they're not even, they're allowed to go outside for an hour for exercise and then they have to go back inside. <clears throat> like what did they, they're all talking about mental health 10 years ago. Where the hell did that go? I mean, nobody's talking about mental health now. Mm-hmm. I do know of two people have that have serious suicide problems right now and i can't count the amount of people that i know that are talking to therapists right now Mm -hmm. this is ridiculous yeah so as far as i'm concerned it's it's what young people can do today is use your critical thought but don't go overboard i'm not saying go out and riot like they're doing with the blm and stuff like that don't do that because that's not all that's going to bring in is a military state because then they'll have a reason. Yeah. And that's what they're hoping for. They're hoping that enough people will get angry enough that they'll do something stupid like they're doing in the States. That's not the way to do it. You have to do civil disobedience, not rioting. Mm-hmm. Just because you tell me I have to wear a mask, you can tell me that all you want. I don't have to. But you don't have to punch or yell at the, at the cashier. That's not her fault. Mm-hmm. She's just trying to pay her rent. Or his, whichever. <laughs> so, you know, but you have to go to the top. I mean, you, you talk to that cashier and you say, I want to talk to your manager. Then you talk to the manager and you say, okay, give me the number for your district manager. Go to the top. Stop <laughs> getting mad at these people who can't do anything about it because yeah. then they're going to get fired. The only people that can do something are the people that are shopping at the store because they're the ones that aren't going to be shopping there anymore if they don't smarten up. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way it's going to get fixed. Yeah, going through the right proper channels. Proper way to do it. Which I think that it's unfortunate that so many people in my generation and young people in general, they're not shown the proper channels. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like the um, a lot of the previous generation of like parents and stuff have not done a very good job of like telling people the right channels to go to to get stuff done because they just 
with the rise of the internet and stuff, they kind of just mm-hmm. expect young people to just, yo, you got the cloud, you know it all, I'm gonna watch mm-hmm. the game, son. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and well, and parents are so busy just trying to pay for living to make sure their kids have what they need, mm-hmm. you know, that they don't have time to teach the kids yeah. what they need to learn. I mean, I didn't even, I didn't know my kids weren't learning how to tell time on an actual clock with numbers (laughs) until they were in grade four. And then my son come home and he wanted a watch and and I gave him a watch and he goes, well, I can't tell time on that. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So then I taught him how to do it. I'm like, you're not getting a digital watch until you can look at that clock and tell me what time it is within two seconds. Then I will get you a digital watch. Yeah. Everybody wants the quick fix. And I think mm-hmm. that's a big problem with today's generation. Massive. Massive. They want it now. They want it quick. Instant gratitude. Yeah. And and that is not going to happen with this if we're going to do it right. It's probably... Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a slow process. We're a little late in the game. Hopefully it's not too late, but at the same time, you can't think, oh, it's too late. We're just going to riot and we're going to just overthrow the government with guns and blazing. That's Mm -hmm. not going to happen because guess what? They have the army. There is no way. I don't care how many sheep we have. (laughs) You aren't taking down a pack of wolves with just 10 sheep. It it, it just won't happen. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so you got to do it right. You can't push their buttons with violence mm-hmm. and with force because we will lose that way. They have the power and they've been building the power for over a hundred years. So if if us people think that more we're gonna, than a hundred years. More than a hundred years. So if, if <laughs> us people think that we're gonna rise up in three years and be able to overpower them, no. We have to do it with thought. We mm-hmm. have to do it critically. We a have proper to, descent. Exactly. You know, if we get it in there and, and tell people, you know, we're not just going to overthrow the government and then have chaos here. No, we have a plan. We have mm-hmm. a group of people that are going to replace the government and then reform it. Yeah. And make it a new thing. Because you have to start with the government because the whole thing has to change. All yeah. The, the judicial system, it all has it all has to be reformed. Yes, there is definitely a need for major reform. Absolutely. Do you, but, um, on that, as speaking as a hypothetical, do you think an anarchist state today would be, would be impossible? Anarchist state. Like say, say there was like some sort of like, like Che Guevara-esque or French Revolution-esque something that happened and then the government was just gone. Yeah. Do you think that that would critically, like, do you think that would be sustainable? All right. What's that? <laughs> um, well, number number one, I, I, I think something like that would be like a, a civil war, right? Um, so it would be the people rising up against the government. Yeah. Well, we'll just say like all that stuff already happened. Already we're happened. Just, we're okay. just in the anarchist state now. I don't think a lot of people would like it to stay that way because mm-hmm. people like peace. And if you go back to any of the revolutions that they've had, um, it's all <laughs> very peaceful. <laughs> they are peaceful and there's a lot of chaos and um, people aren't happy with that because you can't get anywhere. You, you still can't get anywhere. You'll sit there and work your butt off to, to, 
provide for your family and then some guy that's got a bigger gun than you is going to come and take it away from you. That's mm-hmm. not the right way to live either. It's not the biggest, baddest get it because that's what we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. We have to... What I would like to see is... Now this is going to be a bit flowery. Is love and understanding to take over. You know, you pay attention... It's not just about you, but at the, at the same time, a lot of people are going to say, yeah, well, the masks, everybody's saying the masks, or you're doing it for the other people. You got to take it in context, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right? It's got to be for the good of humanity, not mm-hmm. just you. One person is just a pea in a sea of other peas. I mean, you, you aren't the most important thing, and that's what a lot of people nowadays seem to think well I want this and so I'm the most important and so you need to do it for me yeah well no stop that (laughs) think about what's good for humanity first you know um just because now this is going a little off top just because you are um allergic to peanut butter doesn't mean that the whole world has to stop eating peanut butter yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. That's kind of a, you know, a, a loose term for what we're going through now. Um, people should care that you're allergic to peanut butter and they'll take care around you, but you are responsible for your own safety. Mm-hmm. It's not somebody else's problem. So if people were to just have that kind of mentality to actually collaborate and cooperate together and compromise quit thinking that it's got to be my way because my way is the right way and i know what's right you know listen to other people's thoughts yes that's very important and And if they're very lacking it's hugely so if people were to actually work together you know there could be let's say a revolution but it couldn't be anarchist it couldn't be you have to have cooperation you have to have collaboration you have to have you have to have rules. still have that in an anarchist state. <laughs> like with individuals and stuff. <laughs> but then all you've got is, all you're going to have is these sovereign nations that are on their own. And then you're going to have this bigger guy over here that um, he's running out of space because, he, you know, there's too many people there now. Well, mm-hmm. those people over there, all they're doing is, is um, making flower rings and stuff. They don't have any guns. Let's just go take over over there because we yeah. require more space. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you when you think of anarchist state again, it's it's all about your group. Maybe yeah. maybe it's not individual anymore, but now it's your group. Whatever's best for your group and everybody else's group doesn't matter. I think a way that would possibly combat that in a in that sort of government situation would be um a massive like a massive platform of knowledge that anyone could use at any time that would be sustainable after everything's collapsed and the world's <laughs> from dust and then well, people realized how like important it is to not all be one country and not all be one thing but actually respect the individuality of each area because it's like once you conquer everything then it's like well now you don't have the people who before 
unless you run in a meritocracy, I guess. You don't have the people who are in this area before and know its ins and outs and its benefits and what sufficiency it can procure by being in this area. Right, right. See, and that's where we get into common law. There's four different kinds of common law. We won't get into it today because it's, <laughs> it's a huge topic. It really, it really is. So the best place to go if you're interested in learning more about common law would be to go to the Myth is Canada website. And he has a ton of stuff there. Um, he, he goes through the four different kinds. He goes through what they all mean because you've got maritime law, you've got um, common law. So in order to understand exactly what how you want to build the new world you'd have to know which avenue you're going to go in mm -hmm. and that seems to be the most difficult part is trying to get everybody to collaborate and and pick one there's good and bad with all four of them you know so you <laughs> as have with to everything as with everything so you have to pick something that everybody's going to be okay with yeah and that's the hardest thing with an anarchic and artists yeah because there's no real collaboration there's none i mean it's just whatever you think and then and so when you're a little sovereign nation that's what you're going to do and it's it would be really difficult in order to carry a world like that mm -hmm. because there's too many people that would try to take it over there's too many people that are power hungry until we get rid of that feeling of the best of the best and I want the gold yacht and I want four cars I want five houses yeah the just consumerist mentality exactly. that we have we have to get rid of that as as far as I'm that's the biggest problem in mm -hmm. today's world if you go to the uncivilized undeveloped countries sorry <laughs> not uncivilized undeveloped countries they may have less they may have we call it a bad quality of life but if you talk to those people they're happy. Mm -hmm. They have a miserable life per se. I mean, they work hard. In they the have, eyes of like a first world country. Yeah, yeah. they have hardships it's not and as stuff posh. like that. Yeah, exactly. They have hardships, but but mentally, like in their soul, are they happier? Yes, they are, because they're not chasing the carrot. They're not trying to get that third house because mm -hmm. because Joe Blow down the street has one. Mm -hmm. They're 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 just trying to live. And they know what's most important, and that's people. Yeah. It's not And, and also I find that, like, adversity definitely, like, when you see people who've gone through trauma and overcome it, they, they, they develop, like, a sort of internal resilience. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, it, it definitely makes you stronger, that adversity. Adversity will always, um, once overcome, will build character. Yes. So I, I think that's a major factor in that, too. I think it's also scary that... Um... A lot of the younger generation, they've never had anything. They mm -hmm. haven't had to go through anything. They are two generations away from any serious happenings in their life from World War II. They listen to their either grandparent or great-grandparent talk about what it was like to be in the war. Mm -hmm. And so I, I find that a lot of um, younger people, they're all like, yes, we need to take down the government, we need to do this, blah, blah. You're not thinking of the repercussions that go with that because mm -hmm. you don't understand because you've never lived it. You know, you, you hear the stories and you're like, oh, I can do that. Okay, N unless you've lived it, you yeah. really don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what worries me with 
today's generation on on how how much they're pushing into we just need to overthrow the government i mean you have to back up take a breath and have a solution first and then deal with the problem you can't deal with the problem and then come with the solution after yeah you see what i mean yes (laughs) yeah I, i get what you mean i think it's just a lot of that comes from just the hunger for, for change and not knowing what avenues to take. So it's just the most obvious, which in human nature is usually just rally the troops. Attack, yeah. 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 And um, on the topic of unnecessary violence, as a drug tester, what do you think about the uh, war on drugs? It's a very interesting war. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... Would you say it's uh, already been won? No, I'd say it was, uh, again, a uh, money grab for the higher-ups. If there was really a war on drugs, we wouldn't have the CIA shipping cocaine back and forth from the countries that they're invading and trying to save, Um, yet they're bringing in the opium and the cocaine and bringing them into separate airports and... You know, so no, the, the war on drugs, again, is a smokescreen, mm-hmm. you know. Do I agree with my job? Yes, because I do think you should drug test mm-hmm. to to have employment. But I, it really came to light when they legalized marijuana, you know. One way or the other, I don't care if they legalized it, um, because that's, again, we could spend a whole topic just on marijuana <laughs> <laughs> and why it was made illegal and all this dangerous drug but the point is right there when they legalized it they never gave any regulations to any companies or or any governments they just said okay weed is legalized you guys figure it out yeah so again it's confusion so people who even they want to follow the law and they want to do things right well they have no idea you're walking around, you know, in, in one town and you can smoke it going down the street just as long as you're not near a park or any kids or any public entrance. You can walk down the street and smoke it. Go to a different town here in the same province, go to a different town and you'll be fined $350 for that. Because in their bylaw, it says you're only allowed to smoke it in your private residence. So it makes it really difficult to know the proper etiquette if you don't even know yeah. what the laws are. <laughs> yeah. And and that's where it makes it really difficult to get everybody on the same page of what they're supposed to do. I think having the integrity of drug testing is good, but again, they convolute it by saying, okay, well, we don't know what we're doing. And some companies still trust for pot, some don't. Some will do a saliva test for all the drugs. Some will just do a saliva test for the pot, but still do a urine test for everything else. So these people who figure it's legal, because in the law it's legal, so they'll go home on the weekend, smoke a joint, and then get hired for a job next week, and they come in and they realize they're unhirable because that job does a urine test for pot still, even though it's legal. So he can't be hired for that company for four weeks. How is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, it's very... um confusing and misleading i find it it kind of it's it it backs people it backs users into a corner yes i find this this legalization and stuff it 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 makes you like ah wow i can i can smoke weed now and then you think you're safe to partake in your recreational drug Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden ha 
Gotcha. It's yeah. it's it's like almost a trap where they're just like bringing you out into the open and exposing mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not to mention the dispensaries. I I haven't researched a lot of it up here because Canada is very hard to get that information from. Um, about what companies own what companies, <laughs> it's very difficult to dig that information out, hmm. which again, I think is wrong. You yeah. go down to the States and you look up any state company and you can find out the 20 or 30 or 40 different names that that company goes under. You know, up here, it's really difficult to do. Mm-hmm. So if it's anything like the States, I know that there are five companies, five, that take care of about 90% of all pot stores in all all of the states which which is like man there's so much money that individual canadians could be making and they they do make it out of illegal means Mm -hmm. a lot of them but it's like if you were just to legalize it to the extent where it's like anybody could grow pot Mm -hmm. and you could sell pot Mm -hmm. like that stuff that stuff is a cash crop and it's a weed so it grows fast and it's like you, you could just stimulate, like, oil and gas, man. Yeah. We're, that stuff is going to lose its use eventually. But when it comes to recreation, people are always willing to give out a dime somewhere. Yes. yes. So it's like, it's just economically, I think it's so weird that we, we stagnate the market with these, um, mm-hmm. with these predetermined dispensaries. Yeah. 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 I mean, the one here in town, he... he... It was a smaller company, and he was all set up, ready to go. Well, he had to sit for six months before he could yeah. open because he couldn't get any stock. He couldn't because there was only there's only two companies that you can buy weed from that are they're, like they're approved that are approved by the government that these are the only people that you can buy this. That's why it's so difficult That's for fishy. these. This, right. That's very suspicious. And then they have problems government with to mold. approve drugs. Right. Like, <laughs> it, the whole the whole thing just stinks of. <laughs> hypocrisy <laughs> you know again it's it's just a few people make big money and the rest of us are just spending our money they're not giving anybody the opportunity to do it themselves mm-hmm. um what uh what do you think would be some advice to users if you could give them to stay safe and still enjoy their their recreational activities or do you not condone that or i don't know um i don't don't mind if people smoke it i you know i well i mean i mean like all drugs you mean all drugs um because like there's always going to be users like yes in my opinion i think the war of drugs has already been won by drugs (laughs) like definitely so (laughs) especially like when like my I, i lived in vancouver for a bit and you just go down the street and you're like yep Mm-hmm. They won, <laughs> yeah. but you you still gotta have a safe place for those people, and I think in, in Vancouver they've definitely um, done a good job in that. I don't know if I necessarily agree with like safe injection sites or where they're like handing out drugs mm-hmm. to people just so they don't overdose. Yeah, yeah. And then they stock up. <laughs> but um, yeah. What would you say for uh, say people who like what what would you consider Safe drugs and non-safe drugs. Basically, weed used to be safe um, if you can be sure of who you're buying it from and how it was grown, just like your mm-hmm. food now. <laughs> um, 
then I would say weed is probably a safe drug. It's been around for thousands of years. If we quit messing around with it like they're doing, you know, and, and adding this and then injecting it with that, just straight up pot is not bad. It's when you get into the lace stuff. It's when you get, I mean, these. it used to be 18% THC. Now that's like nothing. That's homegrown. You got to have 30% THC, okay? What do we need that much of an inebriating substance in order mm-hmm. to make it through our life? See, this war on drugs is basically, um, my personal opinion, is getting people to do drugs so that they can get away from real life. That's what, that's what, that's usually why they do it. Either they've had some traumatic event that they need to get away from, or it's because they're so sick and tired of chasing the carrot out here that they go home and they get just pissed drunk that night because they just, they just need a break. I don't know how many times I've heard that. I just need a break of what life you shouldn't need a break from life. (laughs) And if you need a break from life, maybe you need some help. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, there shouldn't be any drugs out there. There really shouldn't. If you want a casual half a joint to just relax, that's different than getting drunk from a case of beer in two hours so that you can get away. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a difference between relaxing and getting away from life. But people also use drugs for, like, enlightenment, per se, like with psychedelic mushrooms and LSD and DMT. That was brought in by the CIA, and I think it's totally wrong. These people think that they're getting... Again, we go back to weed. Weed is natural. Mm -hmm. You know? Same as there's fireweed. There's a couple other weeds. Mushrooms, possibly. Um, But... You got to be careful because you're poisoning your system. You're destroying your body. Mm-hmm. Your body is your temple. That should, you should, you need to respect it. If you don't respect it, it's not going to respect you back. So ease of use. If you're using it as an avenue to um, have higher thinking, that's fine. But guess what? The monks and stuff don't do it every night. Mm-hmm. They don't do it once a week. Yeah. It's once or twice a year. Sometimes, depending on the drug that they're using, something like a psychedelic mushroom who is basically poisoning your body, right? But you want to enlighten your mind, right? You're trying to separate your mind from your body, basically. Yeah. That's their thought process. They do that once in a lifetime. They do that when they grow into their, man- their adulthood. They'll do it once. Mm-hmm. And that's when they get their enlightenment. And then they don't touch mushrooms again for the rest of their life. So, so I just want to be careful with, I, I do respect the idea of uh, the higher thinking and to kind of break that mold so that you're thinking a different way with these drugs. But you have to be careful how you're doing it. Mm-hmm. To sit there and do it all the time, once a week, you're not doing your body any favors it's just like yin and yang you need you need balance balance, you have to have balance and that's where people are are using it for their own advantage under the guise of personal enlightenment Mm -hmm. (laughs) because yeah a lot of there are a lot of uh drugs that have like weird weird enhancing properties like just 
for example, like people's pain tolerances and stuff on acid, yeah. like how it's like no longer even processed as pain. Yeah. And like the amount of focus and all the neurons and stuff like mm-hmm. that fire off and how it just changes your way of thinking. Yeah. Um, I forgot the point I was going to try and make, <laughs> but, um, yeah. What, what would you say the, um, most dangerous drugs to take? Like, when would you say the, the time in your life as a developing human being would be the most dangerous time to take drugs? I would say from childhood up until you're about 25, just because your brain is still developing. And what are the uh, repercussions? You ad- you are adjusting your brain um, to adhere to whatever you're poisoning it with. Mm-hmm. You know, um, see, my problem with, with the drugs is weed, opium even cocaine but not in most of its forms in its natural form those are all natural mind enhancing drugs that you know in your own personal use might enhance your your brain function and stuff um it's it's the ecstasy it's the fentanyl it's the oxycontin it's you know all these other drugs that they have made so let me make that clear they have made yeah is not good for the body so for me the most dangerous time to use them is before your brain is developed and the most dangerous drugs to use anything not natural anything not natural yeah if it's not natural don't don't put it in your body because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's not it's not good it's not going to have the effect that you think it's going to have it, I'm not saying that, you know, taking ecstasy, I've heard people that, I've never taken it myself, but I've heard people that use it, and they say it's just wonderful, and it gets rid of inhibitions, and it open up, opens up your mind to, to different ideas, and da-da-da. So does weed. Yeah. And it's not a chemical. Mm-hmm. So, that's my thought, is I really don't think there should be any drugs out there, including painkiller drugs, because people get hooked on them. Yeah. There should not be any drugs that aren't naturally made. Mm-hmm. And this all goes all the way back even to hormones. They didn't make birth control. They used to have uh, pregnant horse urine, right? They used to make it out of pregnant horse urine. It was made naturally. It <laughs> I was didn't an, know that. Okay, okay. So it's it's a naturally made. They That's take, a fun fact. Right? <laughs> but they take naturally made um, hormones and they make birth control pills. And that way it kind of fluctuates your body with the way that they want it. They don't do that anymore. They shut down the PMU barns about 10 years ago. And now they make it chemically. Mm -hmm. Which just ravages your hormones. And now they're finding 10 years later that when these girls go off of their birth control pills, guess what? They can't get pregnant. Jeez. And would that change if they started taking them after they're 25 or just... Mm Hmm... No, I, me personally, I believe it's because it is chemically made. It's, it's humans trying to mess around with nature. Mm -hmm. And every time we try to do it, and I don't care how many millions of times we try to do it, (laughs) every time it makes things worse. We might make a little tick here better. Fine. People live longer, but, um, now we've all got allergies. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So... (sighs) 
I, I think that it's all chemically induced. All of this problems that a lot of girls and stuff are having. When that HPV virus was tested in Africa, over 60% of the girls that were injected with that either had extreme adverse reactions or were sterile. Mm-hmm. And then they brought well, them over here and gave it to all our girls. Hmm. Yeah, there was a... That, 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 that was when they put, like, actual mercury in the vaccine and stuff too, right? They still do. Yeah. It's a, it's a combining factor. If you get a vaccine that has more than one, um, one vaccine in it... You're getting the, mercury. Yeah, you need mercury. To and that stuff to literally it. just makes you, like, like your brain slow mm-hmm. down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's just people getting injected with stupid syringes. Yes. And it's like... Ugh. Yes. It's so messed up how how the facilities and stuff just throw your... They'll be like, ah, yeah, so you don't want to have a flu? Okay, well, you can... Here's your here's your flu shot at the cost of your mental function. Yes. And it's like, man, you only yes. got one brain yeah. your whole life. Yes. Oh, oh it's I'll, so I'll, fucked up. I'll, I'll never forget my friend. Her daughter got sick with leukemia, and so for about two years while her daughter was sick, she took a flu shot. And then she continued to take it for five or six years before I met her. And when I met her, I started talking to her about some of this stuff that we're talking about. And so she got a little concerned, so she quit taking the flu shot. Now, she had taken the flu shot for six years. Hadn't been really sick, had a couple flu, you know, colds here and there through yeah, the years. Yeah, you still get it major. anyways. You still get it, yeah. <laughs> she Fuck. quit taking that flu shot. She was sick. She was in the hospital three times that year. For a year, she was sick constantly. She was, she couldn't breathe. She just figured she, I mean, it, it was horrible. I actually felt bad. I'm like, maybe you do need it. But you know what? She worked through it. She worked through that year. She got her natural, not chemically made, but natural immune system back up. Yeah. Because when you take those chemicals and stuff, it just ravages what the human body is actually even capable of. That's right. That's right. And it has been 10 years, because I've known her for just about 20 yet. So, so 10 years now, she has not taken a flu shot. I think she's been sick, what, twice in 10, <laughs> in ten years? Yeah. After, after that initial year, after her body was fixed. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, when your body does heal itself, it it's not usually pleasant. Like when you're no. detoxing or anything like that. No. So it's, it's growing pains for sure that, um, that we all feel like with everything. Yeah. Building muscle, building immunity, detoxing your system. Mm-hmm. It's either... Puking, shitting, or aching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the sign you're, you're yeah. growing. <laughs> yep, yep. And as far as I'm concerned, I mean, it does kind of go into your Antarctic, uh, Antarctic, uh, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> in that state. <laughs> um, where I do believe everybody should have a choice to do what they want. If you want to wear a mask, go ahead and wear a mask. Mm-hmm. If I don't want to wear a mask, don't make me wear a mask. But don't be rude to one another mm-hmm. just because of it. You know, and that's where all of this has become a problem. I mean, there's so much um, social damning from people because you're not doing what you're told, you know, and that's what's got to stop. I don't know that next person's life. I don't know what happened to them. And so if they want to go to the store in a mask and then come home and take a vaccine shot and they like their birth control pills because they you know, don't, don't want to get pregnant or whatever, then that's, that should be their choice. They can go ahead and do that if they want, but don't make me do it. 
Yeah. And don't make me feel bad because I mm-hmm. don't want to do it. I'm really scared that if there is a vaccine out here, they're just going to be like, okay, everybody has to get it. And, like, the just the concept of a mandated vaccine is pretty fucked up. The fact that the government would, like, not saying that this is going to happen, mm-hmm. but uh, my my predictions is that it might. But the fact that the government would just ever, like, okay... Everybody in the country were putting a needle in you. Mm-hmm. And the amount of shit that you can put in a needle that fucks you up for mm-hmm. life? Yes. Oh my god. That's so scary, just the thought of it. And you know, people, you know, if it does come out, people are just going to be desperate for it anyways. Yes. And not know what the repercussions are. And is the government going to tell them about the repercussions? No. No. They never, ever do. Nope. Which is like, yeah, mm-hmm. Makes me sick. and slam my fist down (laughs) well like i say i mean the best thing to do right now is because they're not forcing anything on us yet they're doing recommendations all of this stuff has been recommendations Mm -hmm. so civil disobedience just because you recommend that i wear a mask doesn't mean i have to Mm -hmm. it's not a law so um People just need to continue doing this. Stand up for your rights, um, but don't be ignorant about it. Don't sit there and tell a cop, oh, you're a pig and get a real... No. You gotta I mean, be smart about it. Exactly. Like, if you're loud and boisterous, like, um, I'm assuming you've watched the uh, Dark Secrets on Bohemian Grove by Alex Jones. Yes. That documentary made me so freaking angry, because, yes. like, he went in there, he went into the Bohemian Grove, and then... He, he got the tape of all the shit going on, mm-hmm. and then at the end, he goes up to the White House and looks like an absolute fucking lunatic, yeah. and just starts screaming and yelling, yeah. and it's like, oh my yeah. god, dude, you literally just ruined everything you worked for. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh. And it's like, you have to take smart avenues. You have to be patient. You can't, like, this, this, this reactionary... Um, attempt on trying to change things yeah. is not actually ever going to change things because mm-hmm. it's like th- th- you just look like a lunatic. <laughs> exactly. And you just get their backs up and they're ready for anything yeah. that you say. That's why you got to be smart. You don't want to, you don't want them to be ready for you. That's right. <laughs> you got you got to ease things in, yeah. you yeah. know? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And there's power in numbers. The more people that know, the more they will... <laughs> it's gonna wipe my screen there it's looking a little smudged <laughs> I'll get you some alcohol <laughs> or I guess that probably better but uh, yeah no it's we, we need civil dis- disobedience if it doesn't make sense don't do it but at the same time don't sit there and drive down the road going 160 kilometers an hour because guess what a speed limit is actually a good thing yeah, like <laughs> we a... should have a speed limit <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so I'm not saying like get rid of all the laws and we just need a lawless country. I mean, no, that's not that's not what we require. I People mean, just need to use their goddamn head. They just need to use their head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so any more questions? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that's good. We learned a lot today. I think it was a very good very good interview. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think I'd like to have you on again sometime. Yeah, I would absolutely be interested in that. We've got lots of topics that we can talk about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, what we learned today, stay informed. Look stuff up, people. Don't be a sheep. 
Because if you're going to be a sheep, you're going to end up a sweater. <laughs> Anyways, We're thank you blessed. so much. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank Thanks. you so much.